Friends, I am so glad that you could join us today. Just an extra warm welcome to everyone. And let's go ahead and begin. We always begin our practice um, on Wednesdays by inviting the chime to sing. And this is a token of mindfulness that really engages all the foundations of mindfulness that we have access to. The body, we hear the chime, and immediately we're called to turn our gaze inward, come into the body, breathe, take notice of the mood or emotions, a second foundation of mindfulness, take notice of any of our thoughts, the third foundation, and our stories that we may have brought in here today, the fourth foundation of mindfulness. And we're invited to suspend it all, to put it all down gently. Welcome everyone. This is Recovery Dharma. My name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators of the Spokane Sangha. And I'd like to begin our practice today by sharing with you a sentiment of metta, loving kindness. And these are little cards that I've painted. And on the back of them, I write sentiments of loving kindness. And this one reads, may you stay open. May you stay open. Hmm. Take a moment and allow that word open to roll around in your mind. And Allow your own inner wisdom a voice. Let it speak to you and define what openness means to you in this present moment. Pema Chodron has a wonderful working definition of openness that I really like. It is a spirit, a posture, if you will, that enables the heart and the mind to be surprised. And surprised in a joyful way, in a delightful way, as opposed to bracing for the unexpected, the scary, daunting, I don't want any surprises. I don't want the other shoe to drop. We've got plenty of that in the mind. This cultivation of openness is all about creating space in the mind and the heart to be surprised for something good, to be surprised for something new that can encourage you, that can nourish you, that can inspire you with the spirit of joy and eagerness and enthusiasm. So let's breathe that into our practice today. And as you settle in, friends, notice your body and allow yourself permission 
to rest and relax. If your body would like to lie down for this practice, please enjoy a meditation in a posture where your body is completely held and relaxed and breathe. On Wednesdays, in the Spokane Sangha, we have a unique practice where we take on some of the merits of a Zen practice. And we read, we've been reading for months, a book by Roshi Joan Halifax called Standing at the Edge. And we've taken our time with this book and, and really worked through it in small bites. And I'd like to continue that by uh, reading just a couple of paragraphs from the chapter of Cultivating Compassion. Compassion as an edge state to Roshi Joan is a place where if we're unskillful, if we're not paying attention, even in our compassionate acts, we can go over the edge into negative consequences, namely and specifically distress, where we're too involved. We've given of ourselves too much. And some of those consequences of trying to be too compassionate, trying to overexert ourselves as we begin to resent the situation and the people that we're trying to offer our compassion toward. On the other hand of the edge state of compassion is not getting close enough to the edge state where we're playing it a little too safe. Maybe we've had a bad experience and we want to avoid that bad experience and so the way we do it is we exercise some aversion, some resistance. And when we do that, however, not getting close enough to the edge, we deny ourselves opportunity to grow. The edge state is this harmonized and balanced push-pull, where there's tension, where we're about to go over the edge, but we learn, where we want to avoid, but we pay attention to that feeling with curiosity so that we can stay in that middle ground of compassion. It is a limitless quality, but we only have access to this infinite wellspring if we practice when we practice. 
And part of the practice includes paying attention to when we go over the edge and when we're under the edge. Both have opportunities for wisdom and growth. Both define the ends of this limitless quality, compassion. Today, I'd like to share with you what Roshi has to say about compassion and science. So this is the evidence of what cultivating compassion can do for us in the mind and in the body. This is what Roshi has to say. Whether, <coughs> excuse me, whether compassion is rooted deep in our biology or springs from our conscience, whether it is instinctual, intentional, or socially prescribed, we know from scientific research that compassion enhances the welfare of those who receive compassion and also benefits those who are compassionate. It even benefits those who simply observe an act of compassion. Compassion is one of those experiences that deeply affects the human heart, whether we give it, receive it, or observe it. Compassion appears to enhance physical health, too. The strong social connections associated with compassion seem to reduce inflammation, support immune function, speed recovery from illness, and lead to an increased longevity, according to a meta-analysis of numerous studies by researchers Julianne Holt-Lundsted and colleagues. In one study, the nonverbal communication of compassion calmed patients' autonomic nervous systems and regulated breathing and heart rate variation. Research also suggests that receiving compassion reduces post-surgical pain and decreases surgical recovery time, improves trauma outcome, prolongs the survival of terminally ill patients, improves glucose control, reduces mortality at better rates than smoking sensation, and boosts immune function. By creating all these health benefits, compassionate interactions with patients might even reduce systemic health care costs and the costs of stress on clinicians. That's all I want to share with you today. Whether you read the scientific data or not, the Buddha knew 2,600 years ago that the cultivation of one of the four limitless qualities, one of the four Brahma-viharas, lends access to broader health. We feel good when we are compassionate. We heal 
when we receive compassion. I love the idea that just observing kindness, observing people offering care, people extending themselves does something to us and that something is good and positive. Compassion, friends, knows how to bear witness. At the very beginning of this book, Roshi Joan Halifax shares a personal story about a health clinic in Nepal where she witnessed a young girl carried in a bundle by her father to this medical, this very remote medical clinic. This little girl, four years old, had been burned in a fire. And her dad had carried her for days to reach this medical clinic. Her flesh was, as you can imagine, just devastated. She was clinging to life the physicians worked on her immediately to clean her skin, um, scrape the burns away. The agony of this little girl was unbearable. And Roshi was standing there witnessing it all, witnessing the torture on her father's face, the little girl's father's face, witnessing the girl's agony, witnessing the stress of all the medical people trying to save her life, experiencing the energetic urgency and, and immediacy of this issue, the scent of burning, decaying flesh, all of this, um, just a real assault to Roshi's senses. There wasn't anything she could do as an individual but bear witness, but stand there and just hold that space with great compassion. May this little girl be free from her suffering. May this father have some ease May all of the clinicians know exactly what to do to heal this little girl. Those were Roshi's prayers at the time. And one of the things that she shared so vulnerably, vulnerably in this book was she felt like she was going to pass out. And so one of the compassionate things she did was for herself. And she breathed very deeply because she did not want to take any attention away from the medical team to care for her had she fainted. So she just stood there, anchored in, bearing witness, breathing. 
the feeling of fainting faded away and she was able to stand there in full confidence, in full presence, offering complete compassion. Non-interference, full presence. Sometimes that's the most compassionate expression we can offer. And let us not forget that sometimes the recipient of this level of compassion needs to be ourselves. Let's take a moment and just breathe the beauty and the wonder of this kind of presence that we do have the capacity to offer to ourselves, to others, and may we have the courage to receive this level of compassion when we need it too. Breathing in, I ground myself in this moment. Breathing in, I recall my intention to cultivate limitless compassion. Breathing in, I attune honestly, unapologetically, clearly to the situation in the present moment. Breathing in, I consider what I can do that is of most benefit. And sometimes that means not interfering. Breathing in, I practice the power of wise exiting. I know when to leave a situation that is well at hand in somebody else's hand. That is the fullness of an altruistic and compassionate act. This is the practice of grace, grounding, recalling, attuning, considering, and exiting. 
May you find grace in all the ways you express compassion to yourself and others. This is a practice. Let's go ahead, friends, and um, end our practice with a dedication of merit. Don't forget on the website and in the chat, my email is up there. If you have any questions or concerns, don't hesitate to reach out. Oh. May I invite you all to return to a posture of openness. <coughs> And let's physically embody openness. So one of the ways to do this very simply is to turn the gaze inward, which means turn your eyelids down, close them entirely if you want to, and if not, keep your eyes open slightly and just stare at something in your immediate field. Sit really tall. Soften your belly, strengthen your back. Bring your awareness to your shoulders and maybe lift them up towards your ears and roll them back so that you can feel the muscles across your collarbones open, like maybe even bend your elbows back a little bit too. Really accentu accentuate your chest opening the heart. Allow your hands to rest and breathe. Let's end this practice dedicating our efforts with mantras of compassion. May all beings everywhere find access to openness. And may the surprises of life be a delight, be a source of cheer. May the goodness that we experience in this practice gladden the heart. May your glad hearts radiate the essence of warmth, of welcome, of kindness.
May your compassion, your capacity to be with another grow in strength, in presence, in sada, which is faith, a heart-led faith. May the limitlessness of your compassion also invite the qualities of loving-kindness, joy, and freedom. May all of this be packaged in the heart, in the mind, in the body, in the spirit for your healing and for the healing of us all. Thank you so much for your beautiful practice, friends. We'll see you next time. Namaste.